In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Jesus tells Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Other translations use other terms, with Jesus saying that no one can see the kingdom of God unless that person is born again or born anew. Whichever phrase we choose, the question of Nicodemus remains, how can this be? How can this be, especially when someone is older, when someone has seen a number of things, when someone has already sorted things out in their head, when someone already understands faith as one thing or another? How can this happen, Nicodemus asks. Jesus goes on to explain to Nicodemus what Jesus has tried to explain since the beginning of his ministry. It's basically the same thing Jesus has tried to explain to the people at the, the wedding in Cana, at the woman at the well, to the tax collectors, the religious officials, Jesus tries to explain to Nicodemus really what is Jesus' one sermon that he, he preaches again and again and again, that one must be open to the Spirit of God. One must be open, open to the cleansing of baptismal waters. One must be open to God as God moves among us and in us. For God has so loved the world that God has come into the world. God has been born into the world so that we might be born again and again to eternal life. And so to be born again, to be born anew, to be born from above, all of that has to do with our being open to God. Open to God however and whenever God comes. The way that God comes to us, the way that God calls to us, of course, changes over time. And to grow spiritually is simply to be open to how God comes to us in a given day, a given age. For a person to grow spiritually, the the way we perceive God and the ways in which we meet God change over time. A child who is loved by a parent or both parents may easily understand God as parent. That is appropriate and good. When one learns to love the stories of Jesus, one may come to know God most powerfully and present through the person of Jesus Christ. Or listening to God, noticing God in subtle and overpowering ways throughout one's life, one might notice the ups and the downs and all the mysteries and so relate more closely to God as spirit. But we have this gift of images, God as parent, God as Christ in human form, then exalted, God as spirit, These three forms, yet one truth that the church offers to us to celebrate on Trinity Sunday. The early church, early church theologians and pastors, scratched their heads around the idea of the Holy Trinity much as we might. The Holy Trinity doesn't exist as something in Scripture given to us, but over time, as the church ran into problems or obstacles, A theology, a doctrine, an understanding of the Trinity developed. 
as a means of explaining God's movement among us. At times, the church could get carried away following the Spirit, but then lose sight of the incarnation, the the embodied part of God's expression. And so God calls the Spirit-filled church back to center. Other aspects of the church get a little carried away with the person of Jesus, and it becomes a sort of human form of understanding God. And so God calls the church back to the center. Some churches can get carried away with with signs of the Spirit and spiritual gifts, and that becomes the one truth by which everything else is judged. And so God calls that church and those people back to center through the mystery of the Holy Trinity. And so the early church struggled and came up with images and ideas. How can we understand God three in one? And a few of the theologians borrowed a term from the theater. And it was a term that had to do with dancing. They understood the Holy Trinity as a dance, a divine dance among partners with God the parent and God the Christ and God the spirit, all in a sort of whirlwind of energy. Think of those Matisse woodcuts or paintings, I forget which, that show three figures dancing around. There's no beginning, there's no ending. That's not a bad image for the Holy Trinity. The Trinity was understood as a dynamic, an energy, a a force, a movement, an activity. The Father always pouring love and light and energy into the Son, who always pours himself into the Spirit, who always pours himself back and in and around the Father and the Son. With God, there's always dancing. And so we can never quite be sure when God might swoop us up into the divine dance and move us in a whole new direction. Many of us probably have examples of just that in our own lives. A time when we thought we sort of had things together and all of a sudden God puts out the divine hand and we dare to take it and off we go with a new step, a new direction, a whole new way of being and loving and existing in God's world. I think of examples in a number of our lives, but especially on Trinity Sunday and and today, I think of an example of a person and a church. Um, The person's name is Sarah. The church's name is St. Gregory's. Sarah Miles was 46 years old just a few years ago. She had put in time as a war correspondent and then was working as a journalist. And if she were asked, she would have described herself as a secular intellectual. She had worked things out along those terms and was fairly happy and content with her life. She had seen religion and religious people co-opted on both sides of war and misery, and so she stood back at a distance. She writes about all of this and more in a wonderful little book called Take This Bread. But in her book, Take This Bread, Miles writes about how one day in Potrero Hill, part of San Francisco, she walked into the Episcopal Church of St. Gregory of Nyssa. And something caught her imagination, probably the beauty of the place and the warmth of the people and the energy. Something caught her, and so she came back another time, and then another time, and another. Gradually, she grew closer to all that was going on in that place, and somehow, someday, in receiving communion, 
she began to connect these words we use, these images we dance around, the, the bread of heaven with the bread of the world, the bread of heaven given from God with the bread of the world that feeds hungry people. And so she got busy. She decided to become a Christian, to join that church, and she began a food ministry and food pantry that, begins, that began that day and continues even today. And so Sarah Miles was open to God's invitation to join the dance in mission, in service, in, in being a new person in her world and in her community. But there's another interesting aspect to the story of Sarah and St. Gregory's. Because if one walks in the church of St. Gregory of Nyssa, one sees immediately dancing saints. All around the walls, all around the inside of the rotunda. It's a fairly new church building. The church of St. Gregory of Nyssa was, was founded really as an expression of some of the best worship and theology of the early church. So they do things that, that we don't do. They do things that sort of predate uh, the Book of Common Prayer and even much of the Roman tradition. It's a peculiar church. It is still Episcopalian nonetheless. If you're in San Francisco, you really should visit at some point. But what strikes one upon entering this church are these dazzling murals, mosaics, whatever they are, of of saints dancing. And then if you go to worship, that's what the congregation does. As they prepare communion for the central altar, their altar is in the middle of the space, the whole congregation begins to form a dance that slowly swirls around the altar as the gifts are brought up. It's a little like those, those images from a Greek wedding where people hang on and sort of two steps one way and one step another. Um, when I visited, I joined the dance, and I noticed that graceful people sort of lead the way, thank goodness, and then clumsy people like me sort of manage. But that's a part of the point I think they make, that we're all in this together. Whether one is is standing or in a wheelchair or on crutches or differently abled in another way, everybody dances around. And in that church, what we do around the altar is imitated in the walls. There are these dancing saints of every age, every class, every custom, every condition. I looked it up and there are 88 saints. They're all dancing. In funny combinations, there's Sojourner Truth with St. Miriam, with Origen with Malcolm X, with Elizabeth I, with Iqbal Masi and Teresa of Avila, and on and on and on. Saints of the Anglican tradition, Jewish saints, Muslim saints, they're all there. Was Sarah Miles inspired to begin her food ministry by the dancing saints? or by the dance of God, or by the dancing people, or a mixture of all those things. Um, Yes would be my answer, and probably hers as well. St. Gregory's has has saints dancing. We, We have saints as well. We have to use our imagination to see them dancing, though. Most of them are sort of posing and modeling. Maybe a few are dancing here and there. But we have something else at Holy Trinity to remind us of God's Trinity in the dance. If you look at the edge of all the pews, you see a funny little triangular shape 
Um, it's called a shield of the Holy Trinity. They're on both sides of all the pews. You can see them all the way around. Um, the ones out there are not quite as fancy as the ones up here in the choir stalls. Um, you'll have to look at these after church and notice maybe they had a little more money to spend on these. And so the carvers went a little farther. And so in addition to the symbols that are in the side of those pews, these have the symbols plus some words describing and reminding what those symbols mean. And so there are three outer circles. One says pater, which is Latin for father. One says filius, Latin for son. One says sanctus spiritus, Latin for Holy Spirit. And so the three outer circles are the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Trinity. And then there's a connector to each of those outer circles. And in that connector, in Latin, it says non est, is not. And so if we were to read around the circle, it is God is not the Son, is not the Holy Spirit, is not the Father, is not the Son. And on and on it goes like a dance of what God is not. But then in the very center of the shield, there's another circle. And up here it says Deus, God. Yours is blank again, but it still represents the same thing. Um, So God is in the center, and there are connectors again to each of those three outside circles. And those connectors say est, is. And so read that way, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. And so God is Trinity. God is not one separate aspect of the Trinity. But on and on it goes. It sort of swirls. It sort of dances into eternity. As a reminder that God the Holy Trinity, among all the other things that God the Holy Trinity represents, uh, God can represent a dance that is ongoing, that started long before we came along and will continue long after us, but seeks to sweep us into God's energy into God's action, into God's divine way. God invites us to join in this dance of love, the love of God that overflows into all creation. It doesn't matter if we feel a little awkward. Someone more graceful can help us. It doesn't matter if we're creaky and slow one day. Someone more speedy will nudge us along. It doesn't matter if we're the best dancer in the room. There are others to help We might stumble and fall occasionally, but we'll learn the steps over a lifetime. We'll lean on each other and we'll continue by God's grace to grow into God's love as we invite others into this divine dance of God's Trinity. And so especially on Trinity Sunday, may we, like Nicodemus in the Gospel, Like all the matriarchs and patriarchs, the saints and martyrs, may we too be born from above. May we be born anew. May we be open to God in whatever way God reveals. And may we always and everywhere have the faith to join the dance of God's eternal love. In the name of the Holy and Undivided Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.